0: on somebody give the Lord a hand praise come on let us bless him let us bless him this morning amen come on we can do better than that let us bless the Lord all over this house hallelujah so awesome to see all of you in here today amen how many of you enjoying being in the house of the Lord today amen come on let us show God that we're excited to be here give him a hand praise this morning Hallelujah. I'm going to ask that you stand with me as we get ready to go in prayer. Give our music team and our praise team a hand real quick. Amen. Come on, we can do better than that. Amen. I don't know about you, but amen. We were coming out of revival, and I was trying to get my last little self together, getting off of the highway, and I heard all that praise talking about this means war and all of it. I could hardly sit still. amen so I thank them cause music is good and sound and talent is good but what I feel coming from them is an anointing amen and talent is good but the anointing is what destroys the yokes amen so I thank God for the spirit that I feel coming from them amen you can sing at a level 10 and live like zero and you can move human emotions but you can't get yokes destroyed but an anointed an anointed singer Amen. The scriptures say one time Saul was vexed by an evil spirit and David began to play under the anointing of God and the Bible says how that spirit would leave Saul. When you come to the house of the Lord, you need anointed praise and worship because you're dealing with things the enemy tries to vex you all week long. And you need an anointing to be in your midst to help you overcome the things you're facing. Amen. So I'm going to ask that you pray with me today because I'm going to be speaking on... My topic today is prayer that reaches heaven. (laughs) How many of you know there's a lot of praying going on, but not all of it is reaching heaven? Amen. And we're going to look into the word of God today because we don't want to be, you know, Jesus began to tell some people, he said, in vain, they do worship me. Amen. You don't want to get on the interstate. You don't want to travel. Amen. You don't want to come into the house of the Lord and what you do is in vain. But you want your efforts toward God to touch his heart. Amen. And when you touch God, God will manifest. And you will touch God and God will touch you and you will know it. Because when you come in contact with the Lord, you will never be the same. Can I get a witness to that today? When you really come in contact with the Lord, you will never be the same. And as I was just meditating on this message this week, I began to think about all of the different the different filters and the different uh, religions. And what God is going to share with me is that all of these different religions and repetitions, all of these things are man-made filters that get in between man and his God. Think about it. And this is not knocking any religion. I just want to bring some enlightenment to you. If you go in a booth and there's a guy sitting behind the door And you go out there Friday, Saturday, and you tell them everything you did. But the scripture said there's one man that's a mediator between God and man, and that's Jesus Christ. But you take your time and you go sit in a booth with another man. This man is not the one that can take your prayers and send it to God. How many of you know you don't need a man in between you and Jesus? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost already. I think about all kind of religions, Hebrew, Israelites. You know, they make you think you got to be part of a special group to get to God. How many of you know you don't have to be part of a a special race or a special seed to get to God? All you need to get to God is the right heart. You just need the right heart. You don't need to walk around with a, a, a rosary and just say it seven times. And you repeat that prayer over and over to get to God. How many of you know that's human intellect creating barriers between you and God? You don't need rosary beads. And I don't want anybody to get offended. But God is tired of people gathering in his name and not getting the help they need from him. You don't need to go and grab a special book, a Quran, and and learn it to the T to get to God. We don't need all of these things between us and God. We don't need, and God is ready to remove all of these man-made barriers and give his people straight access to him. How many of you want access straight to God? When you're dealing with addictions, or, you know, a rosary can't break an addiction, I'm sorry. When you done got yourself entangled in the bondage or something, and you need God to break that off of you a crack addiction or alcohol, you don't need some methods. You don't need 10 steps. You need a touch from God. Somebody say, No filters. Somebody say, No filters. Hallelujah. So, as we get ready to pray, I'm going to ask the church to pray with me and we're going to go straight into the presence of God and then we're going to open up the scriptures. Amen. Father in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the spirit. Father the spirit that's in this house. God the spirit that we feel we're so blessed. God and I hope God that we cherish it. God, God that we understand. God that we understand. God that God, what we feel in this place today, God, that we shouldn't take it for granted, God, because the scriptures begin to say, God, that the kingdom of heaven or the spirit of God is like a pearl that's hid in a field. And it says, God, when the merchant's man go out into the field and he find that pearl, oh, God, that is of great price. Oh, God, your presence is a great price. God your presence is of great value your spirit God is precious there's nothing that can compare God to the Holy Ghost of God fill in this place God there's nothing God I've ever encountered oh God God that can heal me like the Holy Ghost God there's nothing I've ever encountered oh God God can do me like the Spirit of God God I tried all kind of things in this world God and after everything I tried I was empty God, and it was vain. God, I tried alcohol, drugs, God, clubs, God... Got all kind of things, oh, God. God, my soul was searching for something, God. Oh, God, but when I found you, God, hallelujah, Lord. When I found you, God, hallelujah, God. When I found your spirit, God. Oh, God. Oh, God, when I found your spirit, God. Hallelujah, my life changed, God. God, I felt the peace that I never knew existed, God. God, I felt the freedom that I never knew existed, God. God, I felt the joy that I never knew existed, God. And truly, I can say, can't nobody do me like you, God. Hallelujah, God. Circumcise my heart. Circumcise my mind. God, I don't want anything between me and you, God. Let there be no filters. God, let nothing be in the way, God. God, I don't need a special book, God, to tell me how to get to you, God. God, the word is nigh me, God. I don't need to go into heaven to bring you down. God, I don't need to go to the holy land to find you, God. God, I don't need to go to the Mecca to find you, God. God, but it's even in my heart, God. God, is even in my mouth, oh God. God, that if I begin to call on your name, Jesus, whosoever call on the name of the Lord... God, we're calling you today, God. We're calling you today, God. We're calling you today, Abba Father. Abba Father, Mando Rabba E Imando Rabba Come on, saints, lift up your hands as we call Abba Father. Abba Father, we call you, we call you, we call you, we call you, Lord. We call you, we call you, we call you. Abba Father, we belong to you. You're closer than the air we breathe. You're closer than the skin on our bones. You're more real than the ground we're standing on. We belong to you, God. We belong to you, God. Let the spirit of your presence flood this house. Come on, saints, there's a flood of the Holy Ghost in this place. Roma God, thank you. Thank you. Breathe on this place, God. Come on, come on, let the Lord breathe in this place. Breathe in this place, God. Breathe your Zoe life in this place, God. To breathe life on every dead thing, God. To breathe life over every addiction, God. To breathe life on every dry bone, God breathe life on every sickness heal it right now let your virtue fill the air breathe life on us God we need you come on come on as we get ready for the word lift up your hands come on let the spirit of God fill your heart and fill your mind let him sweep over your soul right now We belong to you, God. We belong to you, God. We belong to you, Father. We belong, we belong, we belong, we belong. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And as I said, I wasn't, I'm never in an attempt. Do I seek, amen, to offend anyone's religious beliefs? Because I know that your set of religious beliefs, they are important to you. And amen, and if that's all you were blessed to learn, amen, until God gives you better, and you follow that with all of your heart, amen, then God, when God sees that you are a person that's really sincere after him, God will bring someone to help you to move into higher levels of learning. It happened to Cornelius. It happened to Apollos. It happened in Acts chapter 19. How many of you know in Acts chapter 19 that was... Baptist people that Paul encountered. Amen. And those men, amen, Paul didn't look down upon them. Paul just asked them to what have you believed and they said John's baptism. (laughs) See, the key is to learn to fellowship with your brothers and sisters across all lines. And if there's something that they can add to you, receive it. And if there's something that you can add to them, pray for wisdom so that they can receive your addition in their life. But never do we want to disrespect or disannul or uh, uh, be offensive to someone's religious beliefs because if that's all they know and they're following it the best they can how many of you know Cornelius was a devout man but that's all he knew but the scriptures begin to say that Paul that, that God told Cornelius in a vision or in a dream God will get in touch with you no matter what religion you in Amen. but when he comes to you you have to be open to him and you have to be like Paul When you perceive that God is bringing you to a higher level of education in the scriptures, you kind of do like Paul and count all dung what you learned up until that point. Amen. Amen. Don't let these things be barriers between you and God. But if you followed it devoutly with all of your heart and that's all you know, then God is going to do what he can to help you. Amen. Because how many of you know Jesus told Nicodemus Nicodemus was a religious man. And he came by night because what Nicodemus realized that what I've been doing up until this point, something's different about what Christ is offering to people. And God was actually moving and manifesting himself. The scripture says that God was in Christ reconciling the world back unto himself. So when, God, when, Jesus, when Nicodemus came, Jesus let him know very delicately. First, he said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And what he was letting Nicodemus know, even though you are a Pharisee, you have some type of religion. But until you have a true encounter with God by way of the Holy Ghost, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And we need to know that. How many of you know you must be born again? Amen. Everybody can say amen to that. Jesus didn't negotiate that. He didn't compromise that. He said Nicodemus, he told him a second time. He said, except you are born of the water, which is born in the baptism, being baptized in Jesus name. Every piece of your body submerged in the water in Jesus name. That's for the remission of your sin, burying the old man, confessing publicly. You starting a new life. And then he said, you must also be born of the spirit. Amen. And that's talking about when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Amen. So how many of you know you must be born again? So if you've been a religious person and you've been following God according to your family traditions and that's all, you know, amen, I thank God for you. And God thanks, you know, God is not looking down on that because you at least you've had some exposure to the word of God. But somebody say there's more. There's more. <laughs> somebody say there's more for you. There's more. Hallelujah. There's a power available to you that goes beyond religion. It transcends Islam that transcends being Baptist, Catholic, It transcends all of that. That's the trump card. That being full of the Holy Ghost transcends every denominational line. Because how many of you know the denominational lines that's man-made? That's some human intellect somewhere giving you a systematic set of beliefs on how they feel you should worship God. And the reality is, that those systematic ideologies that come from man only thing they do is create barriers between you and god and barriers between you and other people because if they don't do it according to your systematic set of beliefs you don't want to fellowship with them But in Christ there is no Jew There is no Gentile There is no Baptist, there is no Catholic There is no nation of Islam There is no Hebrew, there is no black There is no white, there is no male There is no female, there is no bond There is no free, Christ is all And Christ is in you all Somebody say there is no Baptist in Christ There is no Catholic in Christ There is no Hebrew Israelite In Christ When Christ died the veil was split and every barrier between God and man and people was torn in two. So if somebody is telling you because you don't worship like me and not, you don't worship the way I worship, you can't be a part of what we're doing. That's not God because the Bible says there's one God. He said, There's one Father of all. He said, There's one Lord whose name is Jesus Christ. But then he said, There's one body. The body of Christ sits on top of the Baptist church. The body of Christ sits on top of the Catholic church. The body of Christ sits on top of Islam. The body of Christ sits on top of Hinduism. The body of Christ sits on top of Buddha. Christ is the head of the church, and at that name, everything's gonna bow. If you're Baptist, you're gonna bow. If you're Catholic, you're gonna bow. Every name in heaven, every name on the earth, every name. Name under the earth. It's from Bow to the Jesus. There is no denominations in Christ. And the church shouldn't accept any lines. Because Paul said God has abolished the lines between the Jews and the Gentiles. So if God has abolished all lines between him and himself than you and other people but don't let no human put a line between you and nobody that's professing they serving God because Christ is the head of the church and if he has abolished all lines then you don't stand for lines being put up somebody say no barriers somebody say there's one body there's one spirit There's one faith, one baptism, one hope of your calling. The body of Christ is a huge organism that trumps everything you ever thought. Hallelujah. So, amen. There's going to be some Cornelius that we encounter, some Apollos, some people like Acts 9. We're going to encounter some of all that. I met a brother at the Revival, Brother Elijah. He was one of the nicest people I ever met, full of God's spirit. I said, man, where you live? I'm all over the place. I said, okay. And he said, man, I'll be back for night too. He showed up. Amen. You don't know God got people everywhere. God moved on his heart by the Holy Ghost. He spoke a word to somebody right on point. God has his beautiful people scattered all over the world, James said. James began to write an epistle. He say to the saints that are scattered abroad. God got believers all over the place. Hallelujah. So let us, And any time you allow walls to come between you and God and you and people, your spiritual level of, of maturity is very minor. You are, it is a very immature Christian that allow walls to exist when Christ has destroyed every wall. <laughs> So let us not say, I don't care what your title is. You can be the bishop, the pope, whatever. If you are are not allowing the spirit of God to move freely, spiritually your title big. But statue wise, your stature small. Because it's immaturity that causes people to be divided. And you got to be willing to suffer for, for unity. A lot of people don't understand what suffering for Christ (laughs) means. Suffering for Christ means willing to stand for Christ in the face of adversity. When adversity comes because of your stand for Christ, that's called suffering for Christ. Living for Christ is not always easy. It's intense. That's what I'm going to talk about in this little message. So that was my little mini chat. Every now and then, the Lord will have me do things like that. Because that wasn't in my notes. Bless the Lord. That's all right? Y'all okay with that? Sometimes there's things in the atmosphere that the devil try to do that you just got to get in the air and pull down. Because Paul say, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood anyway. See, flesh and blood makes lines, but the spirit destroys them. Hallelujah. So, amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go into this. Let's start over here. Hallelujah. I thank God for all of you. Amen. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 3. Amen. And I pray, amen, that your prayer life is given a tremendous upgrade after we walk through this message today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 3. Remember the woman at the well. She said, in this mountain is how our fathers do it. Now, if, if the type of worship you are engaging in is not causing your life to change, then you've got to examine it. Because the woman was branching on her religious practices, but she was living with somebody she wasn't married to. So you just think about that for a minute. If, the, if, you, if you're holding on to a set of beliefs that's not changing you and bringing you closer to God, then you honestly have to evaluate if this set of religious belief is working for me. Because true religion is going to change you. True religion is going to cause your heart to start uh, uh, moving toward God. Amen. True religion is going to impact you. Jeremiah 3 verse 10. Amen. So how many of you know prayer is intimate? (laughs) How many of you know that intimate means that every detail. When you start using terms like intimate, that means... No detail. Intimate means super sensitive. It means transparency. It means that there's a neckliness there. There's an openness there. But there's a level of trust there. You're not intimate without trust. The true intimacy, there's a level of trust there. But there's an attitude of I can reveal everything about me, even those hidden things but that's ugly that I don't want to share with anybody else. Because how I many of you know some things you deal with, Nobody's going to understand those things. Okay, so look at this, verse 10. And yet for all this, her treacherous sister Judah has not turned to me with her whole heart, but faintly said the Lord. Now, two words I want you to grab from that scripture. Whole Y'all remember when I talked about that message, burn the whole ram? Y'all remember that? when they, Whenever they been, went to, to, to sacrifice before God, that God was requiring them to burn the whole ram. They don't, leave a, don't take a horn off. Don't take a hoof off. Don't take the bottom of the leg off. God said, put the whole ram in the sacrifice. And that was symbolizing that God wanted you to give your whole A W-H-O-L-E means nothing missing. When you turn your heart to God, God don't want a piece of your heart. He don't want half of your heart. He don't want Yolanda Adams on Sunday and Boosie on Monday. (laughs) I figured I'd get y'all attention. Now y'all talking to me. See, I know y'all going to talk to me. (laughs) We can't do Boosie on Wednesday. And keys to my heart on Friday. Bring it a little closer home. <laughs> we can't sing I'll be the one Tuesday. And then Lil Wayne Wednesday. This is why these are the things that cause Christians, people not to get the c- connection with God that they're looking for. If you're not going to give your whole heart, you will never touch God. But he said they gave it faintly called halfway. In other words, they heard the preacher preaching and it was a good word and they said, oh, yeah, that's a good word. Man, I'm going to make the altar call today. But half of them was at the altar. And then the black and mild was in there about Sunday evening. See, God will touch you at this altar. Amen. But if you don't give your whole heart you're going to always be wondering why you're not experiencing God the way you want to. He say, when you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. You will find. It say, though he be not far from every one of us, he's nigh you even in your mouth and in your heart. Hallelujah. Let me go over here to this next scripture. So somebody say, seek him with your whole heart. Somebody say, burn the whole rain. All right, now let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Amen. Right quick, I just want to tear down some things that cause us not to get what we need in prayer. And then we're going to show you how to pray. Hallelujah. Matthew 6, verse 5 to (laughs) 7. Look what he said. And when you pray, thou shalt not pray as the actors do. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lee. <laughs> oh, God. But you're thinking about that man. Oh, God. Thinking about that Budweiser. Because when you're calling on God. There's things that's going to come up in your mind. When you say, I want to give you my heart, the enemy is going to be sitting right there. You sure about that? What about this? What about that? And so here's what happened. God is just showing me this. Some people that come to the altar, then they may come and they may start off with their whole heart. But then when they start thinking about everything, then they turn into a hypocrite and they start acting like they're reaching out. Because now you're in the moment. Somebody say, God know when you're real. You're real. <laughs> Look what they say. They say, don't be like the hypocrites. are." Now he's going to show you how they do. For they love to pray. Standing in a synagogue. Some people don't pray at home. But when it's come to church, they're going to pray and pray and pray. They love to pray when we call for prayer at church. He said, he didn't say they only pray when we come to church. He said they love to pray when we come to church. Lord have mercy. Somebody say it's getting personal. <laughs> and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Got the little bumper stickers on the car with where they go to church. Got the little wristband. What would Jesus do? All of these things. <laughs> All the detail and the paraphernalia, and all of the things that identify you with being a Christian. They say some people love to identify with Christianity because sometimes it's just a fad. Sometimes you might find a church that's popular, and you might want to say, Somebody may say, Command, you heard what's going on at that church? Yeah, I go there. Love to identify and to be seen or identified by men. That they love God. And look what he say. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Do you know what their reward is? Yeah, I saw you in church praying. Man, you know how to call on God, man. I saw you, man. Look like something hit you. Girl, yeah, I know how to get it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't, hey, when it's time to pray, I know, I know a thing or two about prayer now. He said, but when you pray, see, now how many want to pray like this when I'm getting ready to say, he said, but when you pray, enter into your closet, it may be a real closet in your house. A closet is just a place of seclusion. It may be your car. It may be the restroom at your job. It may be the restroom in your house. It's just somewhere where there's no distractions and it's just you and God and you can get truthful about what you're dealing with. You shouldn't have more time in the prayer in church than prayer in your closet. <laughs> Some people prayer lives is more church-based than closet-based. And then that's why they come in the church weak all of the time. But if you're spending time in your prayer closet, you're going to come in church ready to praise them. Because you done already been with the Lord. Oh, I hope I'm helping somebody. <laughs> and when you pray, now he said don't start praying. Look what he said right here. Shut the door. What he's saying is, when it's time to pray, power off the phone. (laughs) When it's time to pray, turn the TV off. (laughs) Shutting the door means getting rid of everything that can distract you and cloud your mind because you're getting ready to go into a very intimate moment and you don't need anything disturbing you. (laughs) You shouldn't be praying and then getting an alert from social media and you got to look. I know I'm touching somebody. Y'all don't get me. I'm y'all' pastor. I love y'all. Y'all really do. <laughs> y'all don't don't throw nothing at me today, please. It's not the Apollo. You can't boo me off the stage because I say something you don't like. There ain't no Sandman coming from in the back. Amen. <laughs> hey because it's not that kind of church. If you don't like this kind of preacher, you just gotta. Hey, I'm gonna love you anyway. But they don't have a Sandman that can shut me off. No sandman coming through the back door. <laughs> Jesus say when you pray to close the door. Sometimes you got high is it that we go in a marriage and we arrange babysitters so we can have date night. <laughs> we arrange. When we sense that our relationship needs attention, we make arrangements and mark off the calendar to make sure we give our relationship its proper time. But we go into prayer with all kind of distractions. See, when you get ready to go in prayer, look here. Talk to you later. I've seen some people, they even have while they're driving you can text them and there's an automatic response that say, can't respond right now, driving. We need to get Apple to invent something that say, I can't respond right now. praying. Yeah. Can't respond right now, I'm in prayer. Talk to you later. Somebody say, that's a good one. <laughs> Huh? We need some alerts that tell people, hey, it's prayer time. That's if you really want to touch God. Now, if you don't, if you want to turn halfway, then you can pray and scroll. You can pray and check. This. No, but when it's really time to get with God, man, do you know why you have to do that? The Bible says Jesus was coming from healing somebody. And the Bible say he went into the mountains. And he went into prayer all night long. His disciples wasn't there. Nobody around. He went into a mountain, and the scripture describes it like this. He went into a solitary place. He didn't want nobody around him. He didn't want nobody distracting him. He didn't want anybody bothering him. So when you get ready to pray, y'all, that's sacred. We need to restore a sacred prayer back in the church. Huh? And it's up to you to rid all of distraction. I'll never forget when I met Sister Charmini. <laughs> she said, This girl said, Man, she went build a whole prayer. Can I testify? And when we went visit, she said, Look, it's right there. I mean, she had it where it was, you knew. When she go in that room right there, you know what's going on. That tells me that you're serious about your prayer life. Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus said, when you pray, don't let any distractions be around you. Because guess what? They're going to be there when you come back. And many times when you're praying, God is changing things around you. He said, pray to the father. Now, where is God? He said, the father is in secret. And your father, that see is in secret, shall reward you openly. He said, now when you pray, now this is the part I wanted to get to right here. He said, use not vain repetitions. Somebody say there's not eight steps to prayer. I don't need you teaching me confessions on how to pray. (laughs) They got books on how to pray. They got confessionals. They got devotionals. How you know that the devotion of the day is hitting what you need at the moment? (laughs) You're so caught up in your daily devotional and that might not even be what the devil fighting you with at that time. See? when these things become bondages to us. They become bondages. We start getting so routine and programmed and it's really a bondage that's put in our mind that we don't even realize it. We're more connected to the routine than our heart being after God. And then look what he said. He says, as the heathen do. Now this is the part you don't want to miss. For they think that they shall be heard for their much be Some people think that God hear them because they put the, the devotional together so good. They were so thought out. You know, people have meetings on how to come up with good confessions and devotionals. Like they got power teams that brainstorm on how to give you daily devotionals. You can't devotionalize a demon out. The devil love all these devotionals and all. And guess what? If one day you pick the right one, bless God. But I'm not going to leave my spiritual walk to a lottery system. I'm not going to be gambling on if I pick the right bread, the right thing out of the daily bread. No, I need God to deal with what I'm dealing with today. You can't leave your Christian walk to random chance that you might get the right devotional. Oh, Lord, I hope nobody met him. But these are the things that's causing church people to stay bound. You got people in churches bound because they're more following these devotionals than surrendering their heart to God. You don't need a devotional. All you need to do is to dedicate your heart to God. And when God see you reaching out to him, God is going to come and see about you. Because the scripture says a broken and a contrite spirit he won't despise. A broken heart and a spirit that's in contrition, let me tell you what it's like. It's like a magnet. When your heart is broken before God, it draws him. A devotional has nothing to do with a spirit that's in contrition. I name it and claim it. Today is going to be blessed. Today is going to be, and I'm not making fun. I'm just trying to show you something. I'm trying to show you the things that came up and how you can be deceived and not get connection with God. You can confess all you want, everything you want. But if your heart is not sincere after God, (laughs) sometimes you don't have time to remember your daily confession. You got missiles from the king, the enemy flying at you, and you worrying about. Okay, what he said today? <laughs> and don't let nobody get you bound. Look, checking your horoscopes either. That just came to me, man. This Louisiana. You don't need horoscopes to tell you what's gonna happen and what's going well. And let me, you don't need to be when you go to the Chinese place, hurry up, grabbing your little fortune cookie. Your fortune is not in no cookie. If things gonna go well for you, it's all about of you walking up right with God. When you walking right with God, you don't need a horoscope. You don't need a fortune cookie. You just need a holy life and God is gonna bless you. Got Christians reading horoscopes. What's going to happen today? <laughs> we don't have to put our trust in these things. Oh my God, y'all going to help me preach today. I can feel it. I love my little church. I love y'all. Hallelujah. Y'all with me today? All right, so let's go to this passage here. I want to show you something. Praise the Lord. Let's go over here to James 5. Now we're going to start talking about this. How many of you know real prayer is passionate? Ooh, I got some amens on that. How many of you know real prayer is passionate? Real prayer goes beyond the intellect. See, when you're praying for real, you're not trying to figure out what to say. Sometimes you might just moan before the Lord. The Bible say, blessed are they that, oh, God. See, mourning don't make sense, but it gets you some comfort. The real press, man, you've got a real devil fighting you. Spiritual warfare is intense. And the church has to raise their level of intensity in prayer if they want to meet the challenge that the enemy is throwing at them. Amen. Pray before you do your hair. Because sometimes you might spend $100 on a hairdo and you don't want to mess it up. <laughs> Pray before you set your appointment late. <laughs> Get your hair done after prayer. Because you got some things going on that you need a breakthrough, but you're not about. Man, I just spent 120. And the devil said, Yeah, you spent 120. On. You don't want to snot and cry. Do your prayer before you put your makeup on, before you do your hair. <laughs> I'm just being real today 100. <laughs> That's why people can't get free. Can't be bougie in <laughs> Father, in the name And the devil like, boy, that's a cute prayer. I like that prayer. Oh, I hope they pray like, I. oh, that's my kind of prayer. The devil don't tremble at that kind of prayer. The kind of prayer he tremble at. Oh, God, I know that this devil is on my track and I feel like going back into the world. But you got to help me today. When he hear you praying like that. Oh, man, the devil knows something about to change. Hallelujah! Sometimes prayer is ugly. Sometimes it's grimy, gritty, dirty. Sometimes when foul spirits coming out, it smell. It's warfare. Because sometimes, man, we praying at the altar. Can you just start smelling things? Don't you get embarrassed? Get delivered. Oh, Jesus. Don't get embarrassed. Get delivered. (laughs) Hallelujah. Lord have mercy. Look what he says. Verse 15. Verse 16, James 5 is where I'm at. Verse 16 and 17. It says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. It says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man gets a lot accomplished. <laughs> that word avail means get things done. See, <laughs> so if you're praying and you're not getting things done, then you need to check the passion in that prayer. You need to check the the fervency. Fervent means passion. It means hot. It means heated. He say, fervent prayer, get things done. A cute prayer gets you not heard. Oh, Lord, have mercy on you. <laughs> he said, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He's trying to tell you that as great as Elijah was, there was nothing different about him and you. <laughs> he say, but he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three and a half years. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth a fruit. What he's trying to tell you is it doesn't take somebody special with a big title to move God. Not just the pastor can get a prayer through. He said, anybody that walked after the pattern that Elijah walked, he said, Elijah's prayer was so powerful, for three and a half years there was no rain on the earth. And the only thing that separates you from Elijah is the fervency of your prayer. The only thing that separates you from somebody else that God is moving for is the fervency of your prayer. God can change your body's condition in a moment when you call on him the right way. <laughs> God can cause things to change in your life in a minute. You can go from unemployed to employed. If you call on God out of a pure heart, God will come and see about you and start opening doors that you didn't even think was possible. Sometimes you don't need. Sometimes all you need is a break. Break. Sometimes you've been having so many bad things going on. Sometimes you just need one break. You just need one crack. And you got to learn that there's a God in heaven. The Bible says man ought to always pray and not to faint. You don't just pray when you have it all together. You don't know what God will do for you. But don't let the devil make you feel like you're not worthy to pray. The Bible says a man ought to always pray. When he got it together, when he don't have it together, when he trying, when hey, any time you feel the spirit of God dealing with you to pray, pray. Lord have mercy. Somebody say, I want to pray. Hallelujah. How many of you been having some barriers in your prayer life that you ready to push through? Amen. See, you might be ashamed to raise your hand, but I'm going to raise mine because I'm hungry. <laughs> huh? You might not be hungry no more, but I'm hungry. After all this time, I'm still wanting more. After all this time, I'm still seeking. I'm still searching. When you should hear me pray, sometimes I'll be like, God, you got to move for me. God, you wash my mind. God, wash my heart. God, wash my body. That's all of the time. Even if I feel something that I don't like, I call upon Him. Some people so proud that they've been in God a while and they forget how to pray. Are you still hungry? Are you still thirsty? Do you still need him? Do you still appreciate him? Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father. I I oh, God, I bless you today, God. Hallelujah, God. You're worthy, God. God, I worship you right now, God. Hallelujah, Lord. God, I give you the glory, God. God, the honor, God. We want more of you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. I want more of you, God. God, empty me, God. God, everything that's not of you, God. God, burn it away, God. Wash my mind, God. Wash my heart, God. Wash my spirit, God. God, I need you more today than ever before, God. God, apart from you, God. We can do nothing, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, God. We need you, God. Hallelujah, Lord, God. Never forsake us, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Cause your face to shine upon us. All our steps, God. Lead us in guidance, God, is God direct us, O oh God. Hallelujah, Lord God. We want to be led by your Spirit in everything we do. Romans 8 and 26. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You remember I was talking about earlier being born of the Spirit. Well, now I'm going to show you a little bit about why God has deemed this so important. How many of you know, when, most of us, we know this, when the Spirit of God come upon you, he'll give you another language to speak to God in. Amen. He'll give you an unknown tongue. Amen. And that is a way to communicate with God. Amen. But I want to show you something about why God has done this and the level of intimacy that God desired to create when he did this. Okay? Remember when Paul said this. Paul said, though we walk in the flesh, we don't walk after the flesh. But Paul was trying to communicate to the church that there's another dimension, there's a spiritual world, and there's a high level of activity in the spiritual world. And quite frankly, most of the time, we are not in tune or not aware of what's going on in the spiritual world. That's just the facts. A lot of times, we're not even meditating on what's going on in the spirit. A lot of times, we don't even know what's going on in the spirit. But look what God set up. He say, likewise, the spirit also, he says, it helps our infirmities. They say now don't get offended by this. They say, For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Somebody says not up to be offended. That's just it's just bigger than you. Somebody say, Don't look at your neighbor, say, don't get offended. <laughs> it's just bigger than you. <laughs> that don't mean you're not smart. <laughs> don't mean you're not intelligent. It's just bigger than you. It's not to get offended by what Paul was teaching the church. Paul said, you don't know what to pray for as you ought. Ought means what you should be praying for at the particular moment. Because sometimes you're looking at human beings as the cause of your problems. And many times, and if we are, we fail to, to properly diagnose that the problem originated in the kingdom of darkness. But many times... We see human beings and we fail to properly say the devil was behind this. We got to be honest about that with ourselves, because if you're not honest, you're going to be offended by what I'm telling you. But sometimes we don't realize that the attack on our company was demonic. The attack on our health was demonic. The attack on my marriage was demonic. And sometimes we live life only at the flesh level, but we fail to calculate that the attack came from the spirit world. And that is why Paul said, we don't know what to pray for as we are. So that wasn't to offend your intelligence. But then he says, but even though there's things going on against you in the spirit world, God has given you something that can get In the spirit world and pray with precision every time. How many of you know when you're praying in the Holy Ghost... The Bible say the Holy Ghost is praying for the saints according to the will of God. Listen to that. They say every time you're speaking in an unknown tongue, it's praying for you according to the will of God. When you're praying in your own intellect, there's not every time you're going to pray according to the will of God. So why not surrender your prayer life to the Holy Ghost and allow him to pray for you every single time according to the will of God. You don't have to pray amiss. You don't have to pray out of the will. You don't have to bring things into your life that shouldn't be there. Every time you go in tongues it's praying for you according to the will of God. What disadvantage you are living with if you don't have an intercessor living on the inside of you. You are greatly disadvantaged because you're fighting in a bigger world with no advantage to pray. You are at a great disadvantage trying to serve God fighting in a spiritual world with no spirit. You're at a huge disadvantage because you can't defeat the devil from the human intellect. You can't seven step the devil away. You're not intelligent enough to perceive him. There's no chemistry book that can give you a formula to counter a demon. You can't concoct a potion in a lab in Germany to fight a devil. But when you get in the Holy Ghost, that's why there's doctors that tell you, you don't have to speak in tongues. Those things come from the devil because he wants you trying to fight him from intellect. You can't beat him from intellect. You can't beat him from your own spirit. You can't, you don't have, there's not enough willpower in your will to beat a demon. You can't beat a demon in your own power. Because the devil is a spirit. And you can't beat a spirit in the flesh. You need a spirit to fight a spirit. Oh, my God. mm mm-hmm. So let us not be offended at the writing of Paul, but let us understand it and embrace it and use it to our advantage, amen? amen. <laughs> he says, now look at this. This is deep. Not deep like you can't understand. I don't want to say that, because then y'all are going to start acting like we're in or something. I didn't mean like that deep. <laughs> I was talking about I was going to talk about something in the spirit, amen? <laughs> y'all know your son. Not like calculus on that. <laughs> he said, but the spirit itself, somebody say the Holy Ghost himself, <laughs> make an intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, anybody know what a groan is? Somebody groan for me. <laughs> Ooh. Oh mm. You know what that word utter mean understand see when you a groan is something that you can't understand there's not a land it's not the what the what the what that scripture is telling you that there's some things that's so deeply buried in your spirit that the words in the human language can't communicate it. Some problems go beyond the understanding of human intellect. So therefore, the human intellect can't formulate a language to communicate it. So the Holy Ghost has to go and bring you to a groaning. When you groaning, that's coming from deep in the soul. And only God can understand what's deep in the soul. The intellect don't understand understand the soul. Your husband can't understand a groan. Your wife can't understand a groan. Because right now you're dealing with something that no human can understand. And guess what? You can't even understand it. It's just There's a dimension of you that goes beyond even your own mind. And the Holy Ghost is given to you to go into the deepness of your existence and go in there and find out where the real problem is. And then when he get to the real root, then he can take that and formulate a way to communicate that to God. And sometimes it comes out in a, oh... And a, ooh, and sometimes it's just a mmm. Do you ever dealt with something that you didn't even know what to say? You just mmm. That's the level of prayer God is looking for. That's why He said, "Circumcise the foreskin of your heart." when your heart is circumcised you can't go into a groan but when you take all the barriers off of your heart when there's no circumcision when there's nothing blocking you sometimes you're going through things and you can't tell it to nobody and all you can do is just groan and nobody there's not a friend on this earth close enough that can understand your groan your best partner can't understand your groan that's why you got to do it in the closet. That's why you got to get in the closet and shut the door <laughs> because you're getting ready to communicate some things that you may not even understand. How I many want to be free? I told y'all we was going to talk about prayer that reached heaven. <laughs> God, I hope you're ready. These people about to start praying. <laughs> Hallelujah. Y'all, this is a move of God. I just want to share this with y'all, right? <laughs> I'm going to just be honest. I'm going to just give you some lame terms. This is a move of God. And it's going beyond religion. It's going beyond walls. It's going beyond barriers. God is seeking to connect with human beings intimately one-on-one. This is what God is after. He said, you're not going to be taught by your neighbor to know the Lord. He said, but every man from the least to the greatest is going to know God. God wanna know each and every one of you personally and intimately. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why I don't sometimes I don't know what's going to happen in service. (laughs) That's why I can't be denomination because a denomination might put a clock right there and the Spirit of God coming to break barriers and we gotta oh we got five seconds. He might need 30. <laughs> Minutes. <laughs> See? The denominations in man's intellectual systems restrict the flow of the spirit. But that's why God is against it. Because if people come into the house of God and they need deliverance, God don't want you to come to his house and not leave free. And we're going to not let barriers come up and we're not going to systematically build things that restrict the flow of the Holy Ghost. For instance, the praise team came today and they had three songs ready. Spirit hit him. He went to two more. Bless the Lord. Spirit of God was here. The energy was here. What you want me to do? Well, you know, you know, we got to. Come on, man. You don't know who got broken through on that second song that wasn't on the program. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't even I'm going to catch that one after. <laughs> I'm going to catch that one after. Hallelujah. But now, catch verse 27 is absolutely beautiful. It says, and he that searches the hearts. See, the Holy Ghost is searching your heart, y'all. Why wouldn't you want something on the inside of you that's literally searching your heart? And the thing about it is there are some people that really, really, really want to please God and serve God with all of their heart. But you're trying to do it without the spirit. You make, you can go before God all that you want, but the Bible said they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Again, that's not to be taken offensive, but the reality is when you're only in your fleshly abilities, there's nothing you can do from that level that can please God. But the only way you can. God, because when you're walking in his spirit, why? Because it's the spirit that goes into the depths of the heart. And without the spirit searching the depths of the heart, which is the heart that God is after, you can't surrender your heart without the spirit. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. See, once you receive the Holy Ghost, then you can pursue from your heart. Because now you have something searching your heart. And communicating what it finds to God. Sometimes you may not even know why you can't let the man go. In your mind, man, I know he no good for me. I don't want to leave him alone. But it's not—it's not an intellectual decision at this point. Now there's a soul attachment that you're not even aware that's there. Then you need the Holy Ghost to go in at the soul level to break that. You need, and then the Holy Ghost will search your heart, and they say, "This is why you can't let this go, because you made a connection." But without that level of knowledge coming from the Spirit, they that are in the flesh can't please God. There's things going on inside of you that's beyond your flesh. Hallelujah. It says he searches the heart and then he knows what's the mind of the spirit because he meant an intercession for the saints according to what? The will of God. And now look how verse 28 connects. It's beautiful. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Now, why did he see uh, many people quote that spiritual, but they take it from the tooth that just preceded it? What he's telling you because when you're praying and you're serving from your heart and you're groaning and you're seeking God, then as the Holy Ghost translates that information to God, then everything that's set up is to purge what God has just found out from the Holy Ghost. So God is saying, when I learn what's in your heart, then I let things be orchestrated to purge your heart. So everything now is working for your good because I got in-depth information on what's really bothering you. See? And then God begins setting up things that's working for your good. That's intimacy right there. (laughs) That's how you want to live your Christian life. Then you can say everything's working for my good according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all give him a hand clap. I hope y'all enjoying this word today. Praise God. I'm almost done. Let me go to 1 Corinthians 14 and 2. Boy, I'm telling you, this is beautiful right here. I've always been an advocate of the Holy Ghost. I feel like that's one of my missions in life, to see as many people filled with the Holy Ghost as I can before I die. Because I have an understanding of why it comes and what it does. And, and because I understand it, man, I, I hate to encounter Christian people that say they are believers and they don't have the Holy Ghost. And I hate to see people argue about the infilling of the Holy Ghost and believing in it. And I really hate to see that because you are really at such a disadvantage if you're trying to serve God. Why wouldn't you want a spirit that can pray for you every time with precision according to God's will? Why would we fight that? Why would we fight such an advantage to hold on to a religious practice that is not benefiting us? If we would reason through this and really think about it logically, what the scripture is saying is righteousness and joy and peace is in the Holy Ghost. And you saying you're a follower of Christ and you're not experiencing that. Why would you argue against something that God's saying can bring you righteousness, joy and peace? Man, I think people should be running to the altar for the Holy Ghost. It's a game changer. It's the game changer. It's the game changer to your Christian life. I'm telling you. Paul got inside and say, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Because he realized, he said, he that pray in an unknown tongue is building himself up. Every time you in the Holy Ghost, you yourself is being built up. Why wouldn't you want that? Look what he said, verse 2, 14 and 2. He said, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men. See, that's what a lot of people have a problem with right there. (laughs) See, because people want you to speak to them, and they want you to go through them. But when you really understand this new covenant right, it puts human beings in their proper perspective, and it puts God where he belongs. God is giving you a spirit that's not speaking to man. See, no denomination can control or tame the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is uncontainable and untamable by man and all of his philosophies. Paul warned the church. He said, don't be spoiled through the philosophies of men. In other words, don't let a philosophy is just when somebody's smart, sit down and come up with a way that you should be doing something. But the spirit of God transcends all human intellect. Why? He says, boy, this is beautiful. They say, but you're not speaking unto man. Do you speak straight to God? <laughs> now look at this next verse. I'm not offended by this. It says, for no man understands him. Now think about that in two facets. <laughs> the facet number one, when you're praying in an unknown tongue, Nobody understands what that language is. That's between you and God. Now let me pause right there because there's a difference in an unknown tongue. You see why he put "and" that's singular. And then the Bible said there's a gift of tongues. And then there's an interpretation of tongues. When you come and get the Holy Ghost the first time, that's an unknown tongue. God is going to give you a language. The gift of tongues, because when somebody is moving around, it may be in a church service, it may be somewhere else. And what happens is you'll hear a boisterous tongue in. That's a different language. Well, what's happening is that's a message coming into that audience. And then God will give somebody else the interpretation. But that's a difference. From an unknown tongue, when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, a lot of people use that to argue because they say, "Do all speak with tongues?" What Paul was talking about—the gift of tongues and interpretation—everybody don't get that gift, but everybody get the gift of the Holy Ghost with an unknown tongue simultaneously. It's not separate. It's not separate. So in this facet, he's talking about the filling of the Holy Ghost. He said, how be it? He speaks to God. Facet number one, no man understands that dynamic right there. And remember we talked about groanings. Nobody understands you at that level when you start groaning. Somebody say, you think you know me? But you don't understand me. (laughs) There are some things about me. That you wouldn't understand. But God does. You're peculiar. You're different. And sometimes there's some things about you that people may not understand. But you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't let somebody make you feel bad because you're different from everybody else. Amen that again, Sister Stephanie. You're different. And sometimes no man understand you, but God understand you, cause He made you, and He know all about you. He knows He know your thoughts from afar. Hallelujah. So sometimes no man understand you. They say, but how be it? Don't get see. A lot of people get discouraged when they get around people that don't really understand them. But the scriptures say, how be it in the spirit. He speak mysteries. That word mystery simply means things that are not understood and not known. That's all it means. That's not a big, deep word. The definition just means something that nobody knows. So what he's telling you is when you're praying to God from that posture of your whole heart and you're praying in the Holy Ghost, there may be some things that the Holy Ghost find deep down in your heart that nobody understands about you. In the spirit, it sounds mysterious. Some people, Paul even taught it like this. Sometimes speaking in the Holy Ghost can get so unusual to what Paul said he had to give order to the church. He said, I'm not supposed to come in church and stand up and speak in tongues for a whole hour and nobody understand what I say. Because what he's saying is, he said, the unlearned going to say, them people crazy. He said, they're going to say, they mad over there. What are they doing? So there's an order to that. But when we come to this altar... That's the time. <laughs> when I'm standing up preaching, that's not the time. Because Paul say, "I'd rather preach to you in words that you can understand than in ten thousand words that nobody understand." So I'm supposed to preach in the common language of the people in the audience. But when it's time to go before God in prayer, you're gonna hear all kind of languages, on. You're gonna hear things. You don't... <laughs> and then now look at the beauty of it. If you come into a service where the Spirit of God is speaking, he says tongues are a sign for the unbeliever. In other words, he's telling you, you have found the Holy Ghost. And that topic the enemy has used to confuse people all over the world. But when it's dissected correctly, it's not that complicated. Paul say, let everything be done decently and in order. In other words, the Holy Ghost is highly intelligent. He ain't crazy. Hallelujah. He said, but in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Amen. Y'all stand on your feet. Let's finish this. Hallelujah. Y'all with me today? I hope this message helps somebody. Amen. Let me just give you this last passage while you stand in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. Then I want to impress this upon your heart by the Holy Ghost as we get ready to go. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. Praise God. Last passage. It says, and they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, it says, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Tamir sat by the highway side begging. It says, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried out the more a great deal. And he said, son of David, have mercy upon me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, arise, he calleth thee. Somebody say, he's calling you. And he cast away his garment rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus said unto him, What would thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus in the way. What I want to leave with you today. The scripture said there was a lot of people trying to get to Jesus. And they say bottom bears was sitting on the side of the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus passing by, the Bible says he began to call out to Jesus to have mercy upon him. But as he began to call to the Lord, those that knew him started telling him, be quiet. It Don't take all of that. Stop crying. Don't cry. Don't call on him. No, don't call. Be quiet. You're going to be embarrassed. You should be ashamed praying like that. You got snot coming out your nose. Tears coming down your face. Your makeup messed up. Your hair. You should be embarrassed for calling. How you act like that in church? The bottom man say, you, you're not blind. I'm blind. You can see. I'm the one can't see. You need to get like that in your prayer. Everybody that's trying to stop you from being radical for Jesus, you need to tell them, I'm tired of all these problems in my life. I need somebody that can help me. I need some of these problems solved. And I'm not going to be quiet anymore. Tell all these traditions to be quiet. Tell all these denominations to be quiet. Tell all your family members that's trying to stop you from getting to Jesus. Say, be quiet. I'm tired of being blind. And the Bible say, the more they told him to be quiet, the louder he began to pray. See, sometimes God is going to let barriers get in your way to see how bad you're going to push through to get to him. And the Bible say, when Jesus realized that he got louder and he wouldn't stop, the Bible say, go get Jesus. Say, go get that man right there. And the Bible say when Bartimaeus came up to Jesus, Jesus say, man, blind man, what do you need me to do? He say, Lord, I was, I need my sight. And Jesus say, because of your faith, your sight is given to you today. And what I'm telling you today is it doesn't matter what you come into this altar with. You got to call on Jesus. And you can't call on him cute because you're going to leave bound. You can't be embarrassed to call. Time out for that. We got to get free. Hallelujah. So I want to invite you to the altars to pray with me today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to invite you to come meet me at this altar today. Hallelujah. 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 God going to do it for you, sis. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I want to be free. Hallelujah, do you want to be free? Come on, let us begin to call the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, your spirit is better at this altar. Hallelujah, Lord, we call you already. Hallelujah, Lord, God, don't let pride keep you from Jesus. Hallelujah, I don't care how many times you got to come to this altar. I don't care if it take 50 times. I don't care if it take every Sunday, every week.